You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And welcome to the Pride of Detroit PODcast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. You know where to find us. I am talking very fast, very fast, might get through it. I'm Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. Still stuttering, still unable to speak. That's fine. That's what happens here. When the lion season has finally come to an end with a roaring victory over the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers. They're dead. We killed them. Drove a stake through that heart. Let's get the other guys in here while I'm thinking about it. Jeremy Reisman, fearless leader at Detroit on Lion. Jeremy, how did you uh, how'd you feel when we impaled the heart of the blood-sucking Packers? I feel great, man. Last victory Monday of the season. I'm glad we got one bum, more in bum, there. Bum, 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 bum. How, how can you not like that? A sweeping of, of the Packers. The first shutout in 22 years. Something crazy like the the last time the Lions have beaten the Packers four times in a row. With what? Well, I thought it was a sweep of a season, but four times in a row. Well, yeah, now they've beaten them four times in a row, back to back sweeps. And I think the last time they did that with scoring 30 points in each game, it was like 1950 or something crazy like that. So, yeah, that was fun. I'm glad. I'm glad we got one more fun Sunday in. Fun day. Sunday fun day. Ryan Matthews is the rock guy. at Ryan underscore P-O-D. He's here too. Ryan, how you doing? I'm doing well. Happy to be back. It's like second week in a row, I think, right? Maybe? Maybe you are the architect of secrets of secret Stafford. You're you're coming off a of victory here, although granted I understand you now are uh quarreling with Jeremy over one thing or another, but that's nothing new at POD. If we didn't quarrel with one another, would we really be family? It's true, though. It's true. You, you were once the Glover Quinn of this podcast. Now I feel like you're starting to become the TJ Lang of this podcast, and I'm worried. Oh, brother. That's shade. I, I I, I'm wondering whether or not Jeremy just said he was going to cut me loose after this season, but <laughs> I guess we guys will have to stick around and see how it goes. It's just an attendance thing, man. Your Your best ability is your availability. That's my line. (laughs) We're also joined by uh, Levi Blue. I made sure to say his name right. Uh, Levi, hi. How you been? I've been great. Um, I kind of agree with Jeremy um, that uh, getting a win today feels good, despite what other people may think uh, at this point. But everything's good, and I'm happy to be a part of the podcast, my first one. So. Yeah, you're going to be joining us for for a while here now, just just for this one. It's part of my promise. We were supposed to get every new member of POD in 
uh, have not fit and have not delivered on that. We still have to, now we've got you on, I think I still need to get Kelly Rowe on at some point. Other than that, like, yeah, no, just it's, uh, it's our, it's our visit. You're coming to us from LA as well. And uh, we're going to talk some lions. That's what's going to be happening. I love it. I do love it. Especially when the final score looks something like 31, zero green Bay. And Jeremy, I just have to ask you the most pressing question. Or actually, you know what? I always go to Jeremy, and I always teed up for him to rant. I'm gonna I'm gonna swerve here and pass no it instead to Ryan. Ryan, how did you feel over this reprehensible display as the Detroit Lions tank their draft stu- their draft position <laughs> by getting a useless win over the Green Bay Packers? Uh, to be honest, it matters not. And I know you're setting me up for, for everything that you just kind of did right there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well, sorry to be the bearer of bad news for anybody who's a team draft watch or anybody who is watching this game, rooting for the lions to, to come up short in this one. But I think that the lions did a good, you know, when was the last time that the lions have won four straight games against the green Bay Packers? It's been forever ago. Like we talked about, right. And I mean, Back-to-back season sweeps. I care not that their starting quarterbacks were Brett Hundley and Deshaun Kaiser playing, you know, large roles and Audible Dong also having his role in in uh, in the Lions. You know, now Audible getting Dong. four, yeah, getting four straight wins against the Green Bay Packers. It's a good thing. Um, and if the Lions are going to get a good player at five or four, whatever they're going to be at, they're going to get a good player at eight, too. They're going to get a player that's going to contribute, um, hopefully, because the draft is a crapshoot, as is, um, they're going to get a guy who's going to contribute no matter what. So in the short term, watching the Lions absolutely house the Packers and lay a 31-burger on them in Lambeau, come on. I mean, I'll eat that up any day of the week, I think. Which means now I pass the joke question to Jeremy. Jeremy, do we need me to retire hashtag we own the, pa- the Bears in favor of we own the Packers? Absolutely. We've ar- it's already happening. It's happened. Okay. And I mean... I don't feel like we should shelve the Bears bear stuff yet, but go on. And, and, and that's the thing, like, I, I understand the team tank people and the people that are upset, and I, 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 I get it. And in, in a little way, I feel the same way. I mean, obviously, the, the lines are a little bit worse off than they were yesterday after winning i get that but how like this fan base that like especially on reddit and you know the the online presence of lions fans has been as much go lions as it has been fuck the packers right and we're witnessing the packers like going through some serious overhaul right now And, and granted they didn't try a whole bunch in this game and they had a bunch of backups but this is back-to-back losing seasons for them, back-to-back missing the playoffs for them. That's something that this Packers team hasn't done in a really, really long time. And I expected Lions fans to take a little more schadenfreude from that than, I, than I'm seeing. And so, I mean, yeah, let's, let's 100% adopt we own the Packers because we do. And, and as Lions fans, you just have to like cling to little things like this because if you can't get enjoyments out of a game like that, then you are going to be in this Lions fandom for the long haul, and you might never get what you're looking for. So I'm all about celebrating the little things, even even if it is, quote-unquote, accepting mediocrity or, or celebrating things that shouldn't matter to good franchises. Like, no, just just enjoy the little things in life. This was an awesome game. We own the Packers. They're in deep rebuild right now, and, and, and enjoy it, man, because we never get this opportunity. 
Yeah, I was going to say, like, I think a lot of the people who are saying those kind of things have never had to root for, they've never really rooted for another team outside the NFL that I feel like that has always been perennially down and needing to cling to the to the small things. I mean, granted, I also grew up in Mac country, so there was always that too. You're never going to be the biggest, baddest dog on the block, so just find what you could enjoy out of it. Well, the other thing too, and I think Jeremy, you brought this up on Twitter really early Sunday, was how the Lions were just in like the worst position. Like it was a lose lose for them. Like if the Lions were to win the game as they did on Sunday, then it was, oh, great. You know, they blew a chance of getting a higher draft pick. If they were to lose the game, then it was like, man, you know, Matt Patricia and this, you know, front office really, they don't have any control over those locker room and they can't even go into Green Bay and, you know, beat a beat a downtrodden Packers team, you know, so the Lions were in a tough spot to begin with today. And I don't think that they were the first thing or the first priority on a lot of people's lists. But of all the possible outcomes, like I said, to beat the Packers 31 nothing in Lambeau, it I mean, it's 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 better than the alternative, I think. Like, wouldn't we feel a lot different right now if like the Packers beat the Lions 31 nothing? Yeah. Yeah. It would be awful. terrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So it's, better, it's, it's better <laughs> to have boy, this though. feeling than to have it be reversed, I think. And to have the you we're waiting for and hoping for the Lions to win all season, even when preseason starts. You know, we want them to win. So to say that now we don't want them to win the last game, I think takes something away from from the fans a little bit. I like to see them win no matter what game it is. I don't want to tank for a draft pick because when you look at a draft pick at five, six, seven, or eight, you're still going to get a very high quality player. And we don't really know how it's going to shake out until they actually get on the field and we can see them perform. But I think that this win was worth dropping a couple of spots. Yeah, that's fair. As Nez noted, Aaron Rodgers did leave this game with concussion there. So Lions, once again, not really seeing much of Aaron Rodgers here. And to be honest, like I was fascinated that both starting quarterbacks started, but let's talk about the real quarterback of this matchup. Matt Prater. Yeah. <laughs> QBR yeah, uh, of a passer rating of 140, one, one yeah. touchdown, averaging eight yards. You should start. I mean, well, what else? What else is there to say? Like this, this is now the second straight year the Lions have pulled out a trick play in the last game of the season against the Packers, and it's worked successfully. And it's it kind of speaks to the larger theme of this game, which was, you know, where was that all season? Because it well, wasn't it's... it wasn't just a trick play. It was Matthew Stafford throwing the ball downfield again. It was the team not giving up on third and long, third and eight, third and nines. They were actually throwing it to the sticks. Um, there was only one third down draw play, and it worked. And I, you, you don't get the sense that necessarily that the Jim Bob Cooter was playing for his job, but there was a sense that he was like, "All right, I'm throwing all the cards on the table. Like this is this is my repertoire. This is what you guys wanted." It's like, yeah. Like I almost thought, I almost felt like he was saying, "Oh, is this what you want? Then I'm going to give you what you want." And he expected it to fail, and then it worked miraculously. And then he's like, "Oh, oops." I don't know if I saw. He that. was doing something different that he hasn't done for the rest of the season. Yeah, 
I mean, it could also be just that, and maybe Ryan can chime in on once he thinks this, but like, on one hand, 31 nothing that's impressive no matter what, but this was also a really bad Packers team to beat up on, too. So I don't want to use that to take anything away from him, but like, I don't think Zach Zenner naturally gets almost 100 yards rushing, and Brandon Powell is like your best wide receiver, but it happened. Yeah, I mean, this was going to be a weird game of sorts from the moment we saw the inactive list. You know, no Kenny Galladay, the Lions, like, top receivers were going to be some mixture of Brandon Powell, TJ Jones, Andy Jones, Levine Toilo. Like, it was just going to be a bizarre game, especially from an offensive standpoint. But, like, when I saw Matt Prater throw that touchdown, like, I was immediately just vacuumed back to New Year's Eve last year when the Lions ran the Philly special before it was known as the Philly special. And it was brought out on a two-point conversion and in an ostensibly, you know, meaningless football game at the end of the season where neither team had anything to play for. And it just kind of had that same similar vibe to it. Now, I'm not going to sit here and poo-poo on it and be like, well, why didn't you bring those out in week five? I don't I don't know. Maybe because you're not going to have the, you know, if they do pull that out in week five and it doesn't work, imagine the type of flack that they would catch for that. like. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I'm 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 a little stuck. I, I guess in between because I mean I get it. Like I mean why why are the Lions all of a sudden showing a, a great attention to you know having Matthew Stafford do the things that he should be doing like throwing the ball down the field and you know getting vertical and you know all the other things that we wish they had been doing all season long. But at the same time, like if there was a time to have fun in a game, it was probably today's game. I mean, there's a reason why they had Pat McAfee on the broadcast, right? Like, I mean, if there was any way you're going to make this game palatable to anybody, it's like, Hey, you know what? This is a sport. It's like a, it's like a child sport. Like let's. There was definitely, I definitely. It was felt, entertaining I def- to watch. Yeah. I definitely felt when the schedule was made, this was kind of seen in a different light for the end of the year. It's like, this was going to be a marquee matchup for the NFC North. I don't know if either team would have been, because I think the idea at the start of the year was like, let's schedule these two teams because they're rivals. And you know, it, it it's going, but we're going to have the NFC North was the bears played the Vikings, right? Yep. Am I, you always yeah, have yeah. So, games in week 17. Yeah. Divisional rivals all playing here, but the lions and bear lions and Packers have good chemistry against each other. It's two, big time quarterbacks going off against each other. And at least one of them will probably be going to the playoffs. And then when everything started to break down, yeah, suddenly it's like, can we get like some raving lunatic to be our color guy? <laughs> and uh, I guess it worked. Yeah. And, and I just want to go back. And I'm not to talking about Chris Spielman. <laughs> I want to go back to the thing you said before. And, and you did bring up a good point in that the, the pack, this, this is a Packers team. That's not very good. And it's especially defensively. So the fact that the Lions offense was able to get going and was able to kind of be their aggressive selves that we saw in 2017 might have played into the fact of the matchup because for as bad as some of the teams that the the Lions have played in the past month, they've all been pretty good defenses. You know, you're talking about the Vikings, the Bills, the Cardinals, the Rams, the Bears. Like, those are your past five games. Those are all teams with, you know, above average defenses, sometimes very good defenses. And so maybe that's why the Lions were kind of relying more on that short passing game and, and conservative playing style. Whereas you got this Packers team that's completely beat up in the secondary. Their their pass rush isn't that good. They've seen a lot of injuries on their defensive front as well. And so for the second straight game, Lions pass protection was really good. Second straight game, they were opening up pat, or running lanes. 
And and for the first straight game, they were actually throwing it downfield. And and that kind of brings me to my next point. And, and I want to talk about some of these receivers that we saw today because um, some of it was impressive. And again, you have to con- obviously consider strength of opponent there. But Brandon Powell, I believe, I believe this was his first career start. I don't know if he technically got the start, but he hasn't had a start before. It's 103 yards in his first game. Andy Jones had a couple drops in this game, but also a couple big plays. And then, and then TJ Jones had a, had a couple of touchdowns today, which was nice to see. And I, I think for a, a season in which Matthew Stafford got criticized, especially down the stretch for not making his, his bad teammates look better. This was, this was the peak of what could have been had, had Stafford kind of been, you know, I don't know, in, in more, had more better. chemistry with some of these guys better, but yeah, but also had a little more chemistry with these guys that were just kind of thrust into roles in, in week 13 after can not I, getting any reps with Stafford for the rest of the season. Can I, can I ask though? Cause like how, how valuable is that? Cause I don't, I'm looking at all these guys you're talking about right, right now. And it would be yeah. a shock to me if any of them were back for next year. I, I'll, I'll let someone else take that one. Anyone? Or I'll take it. <laughs> okay, that's the vibe going on on podcast tonight. <laughs> well, Welcome yeah, no, to POD Cast. I, I think that that's a fair point to make. I do think Brendan Powell will will compete for a spot. He's got. I mean, he showed today. He's got the agility and the speed. The question is, can the Lions find a role for such a small receiver? Um, you know, a lot of people are like, "Oh, well, there's the Golden Tate replacement." I don't think it's just going to be that easy. I think, I think it, that's a potential long term goal for him. I don't necessarily see it next season Andy Jones on the other hand probably not going to be around TJ Jones I don't know if one good game at the end of the season can save the fact that he was you know basically invisible for the rest of the year um so yeah it's a fair point I do think Brandon Powell has promise and I do think he'll be around whether it's you know he he'll obviously still have practice squad eligibility next year um so I think that's probably a, a good chance right there but I think he'll definitely be there in training camp well, also, and I left this out of my equation at the start, and I'll let Le- Levi, sorry, oh Levi, pick it up. <laughs> like the um, gene, like, the, like genes. the genes. I know, I know. Can you, can you, give me, give me a, give me a, give me some time here. <laughs> I, I would say though, too, and I didn't add this in my initial equation uh, for Levi, uh, Jim Bob Cooter probably not going to be back either. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm, okay with that I think um, I was used to be really high on him I thought he was going to do a great job especially hearing the things that he did um, previously uh, with Peyton Manning right when he came over and then he started um, coming up with a new offense working with Matthew Stafford I was really excited for it but it just didn't quite pan out the way that I was hoping um, and that a lot of the Lions fans were hoping um, so I'm okay with changing something um, and I think that that is a big piece to, um, to help advance our offense. If we can get a new guy in there that might be able to gel better with the team and come up with a different playbook and um, play calling that will help us win games. Um, so I'm okay with the, with the move uh, if they do, in fact, decide to do that. Brian, anything else you want to say about this game? Like, I mean – I feel bad that we're talking in kind of big, broad strokes, but there's not too much from the action itself to really recap. Is there? Is there anything else from the game that stood out to you as your takeaways? Um, aside from, I think that the Packers kind of escaped with a, a relative. I mean, con- I mean, concussions are no joke, but like for Aaron Rodgers, I thought that 
play could have been a lot more dangerous than it ended up being. I mean, with him getting hit low by Jared Davis and then kind of Okwara finishing off that sack, like I thought that they probably dodged a bullet considering all the you know injuries that Aaron Rodgers has played through all season long. Quandre Diggs had a really cool interception that looked like backyard football because Deshaun Kaiser is <laughs> not good at playing quarterback. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I know I know you're talking about Chris. Like it, it's it's kind of it's difficult to get in the minutia of this game though, just because it's, it, I don't know. It's, it was the perfect, I, I don't want to say it was a perfect way. It was just like, it was just the way to cap off this like six and 10 season that has sure, been, yeah. that has been like really difficult for me. And I, I mean, we can, we can talk about this later on, but like I was, I was just kind of thinking about the season as a whole and um, thinking about like how long like it's acceptable to be like like willing to put up with kind of the stuff that happened this season. I mean, I know this is the first season, but it, it's just like a. I think it's a general question that maybe some of us can maybe tackle in, in early on here in the next segment. But this idea that like this is one season of Patricia. Like, I mean, how long of a leash does he have, like, going into, like, next season? And I know we don't want to put the cart before the horse. There's still an entire offseason to go. But um, it's one of those things where the I think the clock is, like, officially ticking now. Like, I mean, this was his first season. His feet are wet or whatever. You know, he's the first year, first time head coach. But, you know, those excuses don't exist anymore because of the other, you know, guys that we've seen in the NFL. But, like this was like the end of like you're saying potentially like the Jim Bob Cooter era, a new offensive coordinator, maybe even other changes to other coordinators or positional coaches. Um, But this 31 to nothing victory kind of felt like, I don't know, like a fine send off to a crappy season. <laughs> it was a nice, it was a nice kind of bounce back. It's just that I, I just find it hard to take any value from this game as far as, because we've been doing this all year, right? It's it's basically, it's been like, what have we learned about the Lions? What team are they in 2018? And then when it got to the tail end, it's like, okay, they're a bad team, but what, what can we learn for next year? And again, I just, um, I just, there, there's no, there's no, uh, nothing I can really take from this game. Because again, like, I don't think a lot of these guys are going to be back. I don't know if the offense is probably going to look completely different. And uh, I don't know what it means against a Packers team that's really bad, but I do know it feels good. That's all I will say to that. Can I can I leave the segment with with one hot take? I do, but I have one more topic. But go ahead with your hot take. I think Zach Zenner has made a play for the number two running back role in 2019. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Let I know you're not kidding, or else you wouldn't bring it up and say that you had a hot oh take. God. I mean, I. What else does he need to do? I mean, he played outstanding in the final four games. In the final four games, not just in this game, in the final four games, he played outstanding. 4.65 yards per carry in the final four games. Each one of those games, at least 4.4 yards per carry. He runs decisively. With, with you look, when you look at how this team likes to run the ball, his style of run is perfect. He's decisive. He's downfield. He can break the first tackle. That that's what this team needs as as a guy who can come in and and reliably pass block and and just be there when Carryon Johnson needs a break. I think I think he's making a legitimate case for the number two running back. Now that now let me be clear, I also want them to bring in another player. I don't want them to draft anyone in the first two days. 
I don't want them to spend outrageous money in, in free agency, but they definitely need to bring someone in case someone to push Zach Zenner, someone to compete with Zach Zenner for their RB2 spot um, and also be there in case of injury because, you know, carry on Johnson, the draft pick, the big downside to him was injury concerns. And guess what? Injury concerns for a season. So um, I'm, I'm not saying the lines are fine with Zenner, Riddick and, and carry uh, on Johnson, but, I think I think he has, he's making a play for the RB two spot, and uh, I know none of you agree with me, but well, I I, need, I don't I know what I, mean, I think he's improve. definitely going to be on the roster for sure, mm-hmm. but uh, I think that depending on the situation, I mean, I, I have a lot of confidence in Theo Riddick. I like him. I mean, I love Zach Zenner a lot too. Um, we know that Legarrette Blunt is probably not going to be back. Um, I think having all three of them are great, but would you put Zach Zenner on the field before Theo? No, we got we to stop it there. We're way over time. I'm sorry. We'll have to pick it up at the next segment <laughs> along with the other question as well. Uh, we're taking a break. We're overdue for one very badly here on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. When we come back, we'll pick up our remnants here and then get into New Year's resolutions for Lions. Yes, it's corny. Yes, it's cliche. We don't care. We're back to our, it's off season now. So we're back to our roots in the Pride of Detroit. And we're back. Pride of Detroit.com. Pride of Detroit on Twitter. Pride of Detroit on Facebook. It's Pride of Detroit, P-O-D-Cast, which you're listening to this, which you just got through 25 minutes of. I don't know where else you would be. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it was chopped up and I don't know about it. Um, we left off talking about Zach Zenner. And I don't know how much more I can stomach of that. And I'm being silly here. Do not take this as like someone screaming about being a hater. I am a hater. I don't care. Um, but I do need to get to uh, Glover Quinn. And the send-off he had in this game. Because I, I believe he's done. No. Done as a Detroit Lion or done as a football player? I don't know. What do you think? I I, I hope he I, stays. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Levi. I was just going to say I hope he stays. I mean, that's, that's it. I, just, I don't want to see him go. I think he's done great things for our defense, and it's hard to let go of a player like that. So, but, you know, I think we, we, we talk about this sometimes and, and I think it's one of the most important things that happens like in sports, but like when it comes to evaluating talent moving forward, sometimes I think us as fans and even, even sometimes, I mean, you see owners hand out silly contracts to players for based on the things that they've done, not the things that they like can still do. Like, do we think that Glover Quinn, like moving forward is the best option at free safety? Nope. Uh, possibly not as a as as the number one guy anymore, but I think there's something to be said for locker room presence and for uh, uh, teaching the newer guys that are coming in. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think there's something that can be said to that. You can look at what happened to the Lions' offense after the Golden Tate trade. Now that's a, that's the prime case of like just raw athletic production, but also at the same time he seemed like one of the guys who had a lot of personality and a lot of pull in the locker room. So I think with me personally, though, like a guy like Glover Quinn, the amount of money that the Lions can save and that they can redistrib- you know, redistribute and 
and maybe fill some other positions of need that they have on both sides of the ball. I just think it might be a difficult number to swallow for for cat management reasons to to have a, a depth player who's admittedly a super good guy, but has clearly kind of lost a step. I mean, I think even if we signed him and or if he stayed around um, with money in mind, we'd be in a better uh, better situation next season with him than we were this year with Ziggy. So I think that you can still make it work if we had him on the roster. I don't know. I guess it's 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 uh, tough because he is such a a good guy, a good locker room guy, as you mentioned, and. I think Tracy Walker, the Lions rookie safety, has even mentioned him specifically as someone who's helped him tremendously. And same with uh, other guys in the safety. I think uh, Quandre Diggs has also said the same thing. And and you're right, that's invaluable. Um, the question is, like, if you had to put a, a money amount on something that's quote-unquote invaluable, what is it? Because, you know, he's got almost an $8 million cap hit in, in 2018 or in 2019. And you, you, you just saw that's it this year. like. It, it's uh, yeah, he as a starter, and he's probably not expected to be one next year. And y- you've seen with the way that the uh, the defense has changed this year, he just hasn't played as well. And whether that's the the change in scheme, the age, or, or whatever it is, it, it just to me eight million isn't worth it. And you you can compare it to the Ziggy situation if you want, but that's not like exactly a good example in my opinion. Like that that was kind of a disaster this year with, with Ziggy and. I get the the risk that the the calculated risk that the Lions took there, but um, it's just I don't know it, it it doesn't seem like a workable contract considering the Lions can get out from you know over six million of it if they if they just cut him. Um, but I don't know the, the being around Glover Quinn for the past you know sixteen weeks, it really does seem like he's done. Period, and. Taking a lot of pictures today after the game. Taking took, a lot of he, pictures out there. He took a lot of pictures of the game. I think he ended out. He ended on a pretty good note. Um, didn't have an outstanding game or anything, but he almost had a pass breakup. I don't know if they actually gave him one on on one of the play that he was right there on. Um, yeah, they did. So he he got a pass breakup. He didn't seem like a, a liability at any point out there. And you know, uh, considering he almost had an interception, or he arguably had an interception a couple of weeks ago against uh, was it the Bills, I think. Um, not not a horrible way to go. It's still definitely a little bit more of a whimper than a, than uh, a screaming yell. But I don't think he has anything that he's uh, regretful for. And um, sure, we would have liked him to go out on a higher note with with the Lions, maybe making a playoff run. But um, I, I do think this is the end of him, not just with the Lions in the NFL. And um, I'll, I'll remember it fondly because he was one of my favorite players here. And uh, Maybe maybe things worked out as well as they did because I never got his jersey. I think I struggle with it a little bit because I as a like I have two different minds, right? Like I'm thinking about him as a fan mm-hmm. and not uh, like a GM. Um, like I like him, I like him as a player and as a teammate for those guys, and I want to keep him on the team. But maybe it does make the best most sense for the team moving forward without him. I don't know. It's kind of hard. It's like how I felt about Golden Tate. Like, yeah. I love him. I don't want to see him go, but maybe it makes the most sense. All right. Let's move on to New Year's resolutions. Um, this is just written down here as a word on a piece of paper. I have no clue what it means. We're just being corny about it. But now that I'm, now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, 
I don't know what it means, Jeremy, Ryan. I don't like I'm I'm looking at this and I'm like, what resolution for who? Resolution for what? Uh, Something for us? we want to change. We have no power to change things. We are just passengers along <laughs> for the ride. Maybe it's suggestions for resolutions for the Lions. It's you know what? Whatever your little heart desires. Okay, sure. It's it's open mic night here on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. <laughs> it feels like it usually it. is. It is always open mic night here, but just some more than others. Some the, the mic is more open than other times right now. Uh okay. Uh whoever wants to start, give me your idea for a resolution for whoever or whatever. I, I have some stuff stewing in my head, but I want someone else to to go forward. I okay, all right. I'll I'll go first and it's not even totally lions related. Um it is in a sense, but um we've talked about this before on the podcast, but just how like unentertaining the season has been from like a football like fun standpoint. It's been for the Lions or for yeah, the Yeah, for the Lions. Okay. I think okay. for the Lions. I mean, we we talked about how you know, for like a rooting guide, like even after it seemed like, you know, everything was kind of done and over with the lines, we talked a little bit about like, you know, picking out certain players or storylines or things like that um, that you find interesting. But like this Lions season was really tough to get through. Like it was it was really tough to watch some of this football. Um, it was it was downright like almost unbearable at times. I mean, there were times where I found myself like just wanting to walk away from the television and like not watch the game at all because it was so just frustrating. So I think as my new year's resolution goes, it's for me as a fan of football, like I'm going to try to find the things that I enjoy the most out of this sport. And I'm going to champion them and like, I'm going to celebrate them and I'm going to actively seek those things out rather than just like get stuck in all of the the gross like unfun stuff. Are are you announcing that you're becoming a Chiefs fan right now? Um I kind of want to, <laughs> but I'm not going to. Like oh, I mean, okay. <laughs> to be honest, like like how like how long is it like acceptable to be loyal to a team before deciding to like spend your time doing other more like worthwhile things? Like I think this is a thing that like we tend to like struggle with because we're really quick to label those people who like want to jump off the bandwagon and like, you know, to not like be like loyal people. And it's like, no, it's like, I'm loyal. Like I'll support the team. It's just like, how, like, how long can I do this before? Like it's coming at like the expense of like, I don't know. me as, like, health. Uh, Yeah. Like me as like a productive human being. So like, yeah. I mean, your mileage may vary on this question, right? Like, I mean, everyone has their own threshold for anguish, but like for someone like me and, and someone, and I'm not trying to brag about like how like little free time I have, but like on a Sunday, like sit down and spend three hours watching a game. And it's like, we're crying out loud. Like, what am I doing with my time? So like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to actively seek out like good things like this off season. Like I'll be excited for like when the lion's, have all of their draft picks and their free agents. Like obviously all of that stuff is interesting, like player movement, player personnel things like that's all going to be interesting. Maybe a new offensive coordinator. Those things will be interesting, but um, I don't know. I think I kind of want to enjoy football from like a little bit of a, uh, a different standpoint, um, so to speak, rather than just like X's and O's and watching plays and, and things of that nature. So 
my New Year's resolution is to enjoy football. <laughs> okay, good I'll one. let Jer- Oh, yeah, sorry, go on. I was just saying that was a good one. Oh, okay. A good resolution to, to focus on it, uh, on football in a, a different way, especially after a season like this. That's not very fun to watch. <laughs> Thanks, Levi. Okay, so I have a suggestion for Jeremy before he gives his. Uh, start talking about draft stuff. Nope, that's not going to be it. Um, I'm actually going to take this a little differently, and I'm going to suggest a New Year's resolution for Matt Patricia. Okay. And it's be more social. Find new friends. And what I mean by this is it, it looks like he's going to face a offensive coordinator coaching search. And please, please go out of your comfort zone. Don't grab a guy that you already know. Don't grab a Shane Waldron who you worked with briefly in New England, go find someone that you haven't worked with. Go find someone that you don't know directly. Maybe you worked against him. Maybe, you know, as a defensive coordinator, you know guys is on the other side. You, you game plan against offensive coordinators. You've done that in your career. Go find one of those guys. Go find one of those guys, interview him, see if the mood strikes, and hire him. Because yeah, just- I'm, I'm, I'm just sick of the inner circle. I'm sick of, you know... Like I, I get that you want to surround yourself with people you're comfortable with, and that makes sense for a first-time head coach. But now you're in the big leagues. Now you've got the the rookie year behind you. Now you need to go spread your wings. You need to be more social. You need to find different minds that will challenge you and 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 you know bring you more diverse ideas. And so, just I, I just want I I want a new face, someone that doesn't have the Patriots stench on them. And I know it's. Stench is probably not the right word since the Patriots are always really good, but I just want him to find someone that doesn't automatically fall in line and someone that will will occasionally challenge you and, and just I don't know someone different. So someone you want you want be more the, social. You want the Saban Lane Kiffin relationship? Sure, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when they were at Alabama, right? Um, I, I would say two things that one, uh, yes, I hope he does the same thing, Jeremy, because if I hear the name Lions offensive coordinator, Charlie Weiss, I'm officially done at that point. <laughs> well, like, <yeah>. Okay. <laughs> there, there are three names that scare me. One's Charlie Weiss. One is Shane Waldron. And the third is just a, a promotion from me within. And I can't think of the Lions quarterback coach right now, but that's the guy that I'm also concerned about. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, hold on. I can add another name to that list. Josh McDaniel. Jesus. I, I would like Josh McDaniels, but there's no way it's going to happen. So. Stop it. No, you would <laughs> not. That, that's the one exception I would make to that rule. Absolutely not. After the way you absolutely lambasted that guy for what he did to Indianapolis, you want him anywhere near your organization? That guy well, sucks. As, no, I wouldn't want him as a head coach. I wouldn't want him as a person 50 <laughs> feet from my Period. building. But if I'm you the Packers head coach, how nervous are you? Not at all. None. Zero. Guys, this guy, this, guys this, guy was, this guy like stumbled through just <laughs> the most drunken haze possible in Denver. Hey, hey, you know why I'm not concerned about him? Because he's another coach off the Belichick tree. Exactly. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going anywhere, too. He's he, he's he's totally convinced he's gonna get the Belichick. He's gonna get Belichick's job. And when Belichick decides to shank him on his way out, it's gonna be glorious. Oh yeah, he's on the Patriot tit. Oh yeah. He think, well, he thinks he's he thinks he's next in line for the crown, and it's about to get really King Lear in here. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> resolutions. Uh, Levi, 
Uh, I, I think that Jeremy kind of took the words right out of my mouth and said along the lines what I was thinking of just with Patricia. Um, and he brings up a good point, too, about trying to do something other than coaching players from or coaches from his old team, um, like LeGarrette Blunt or Matt Castle, or uh, then we get a D lineman, I forget his name. Um, you know, do, just doing something else and not just trying to take their leftovers, I think would be helpful. And I don't know how much stock to put into it, but there have been some reports coming out about um, the way that he's running the team and dealing with the players and like the late, the tardiness for the meetings and stuff like if that is making its way to the press I think that it is somewhat concerning and that needs to be that needs to be changed um we don't want to hear about it and I think that it could be hurtful to the team so um yeah I think it's really what it boils down to is just uh Matt Patricia changing um a couple of things um that he's doing that I think will ultimately help the the entire team. All right. I have two resolutions for myself. One is do pay more attention to draft stuff. Really? Honestly, I, I like a lot of guys from college, but I honestly couldn't like other than I, I have an interview coming up with uh, someone from Mason brew and he got me sold on some Michigan guys. But, and then like, I think I've talked with Ryan about this, but I really like Will Greer. I know he's probably not going to be a nice backup quarterback. You can get or someone that you can, you know, hold on to down the sideline as a developmental guy to maybe groom one day to replace Stafford. But like, I'm I'm in love with Will Greer. I have memes for him and everything. Sounds like draft Knicks aren't too high on him, but I don't care. I don't care. The guy's got spunk, but like you, you you and I talk about like storylines and characters all the time. This is a guy who like, like you, you follow along some of his college career and I want to root for him. He's cool. And he was from West Virginia, and he throws a lot. So, and uh, again, I have memes. Uh, my other resolution is really just keep playing Africa. <laughs> play more, play more Africa. Undefeated, baby. I don't know what we're gonna do for next year for Africa. Um, I think in in the column I wrote, there was definitely I've linked that NPR article, and I'm kind of with one of the guys in that NPR scene talking about Africa, Mike Crest, because it has been so popular in 2018. But let's be clear. It's not because of any 2018 stuff we started doing this. And I want to keep doing it. And I know, I'm sorry, I'm being so self-involved about this. I'm trying, to pr- I'm trying not to preen about Africa. But uh, I'm going to find some other way to shoe it into things. It needs to be there. They're, they're get, be there. We're getting Toto on the podcast in 2019. You heard it here first. <laughs> Toto on the podcast. We're going to play for Christmas. Uh, I'm going to go hunt down their lead singer right now. He's somewhere here in LA, I'm sure. Uh, they started in, a, in a, where was it? NoHo, I think? Yeah, something like that. Like wherever it is, even. <laughs> Look, like, I, I think I'm, it's just it, get, going to what Ryan said, trying to have more fun. I don't know how to have fun with this team right now for very personal reasons on some stuff. And some people, again, have been sending me, like, uh, I'll just say it. I've I've gotten a couple death threats. So that's fun. Uh, but I want to have some fun again with this team. And again, there's one big person in the way of a lot of that fun, but that one big person is also not the uh, catalyst. I mean, that's not the entire team. It's just one of those things you have to 
live with, go around, hope he eventually gets replaced for, uh, hopefully for decency's sake. But if not, then whatever. He'll give himself enough rope to hang. I'm sorry, that got dark. As I said, I want to have some fun. I want to have some more fun. fun. I want to say one thing. Mm. Hey, Jeremy. Yeah. Zach Zander played some terrible rush defenses in the last four games. I'm just saying. Not all of them. Or league average or worse. Mailbag, mailbag, please. <laughs> I knew that was one way to get us moving up forward. Mail time. Hashtag ask POD. As always, get your questions in. We will answer whatever, whenever, unless it requires way too much work for us. Like some people send us ideas for like full columns. And I, I mean, we love your questions, but I don't think we're going to be able to tell you the top 10 best free agents right now and who we want, who we want at the Lions drafting number eight overall. Like we just, we haven't had time to stew that gumbo. And, too mean, much and we're gonna we we're gonna talk plenty about where we think the oh, line yeah. you should got, you got, go with their first round picks and second round picks and all that. Yeah, we've got multiple months of that to go on. All right, where do I want to start this first question? Uh, I'm swirling the I'm swirling the glass here. I am looking here, and I want to find something. Let's let's start let's start with the flip side of almost a question we almost started the podcast with from Archie Bird. Did Green Bay lose intentionally so they could get the better draft pick? And was this Matt Stafford's best game of the season? Let me answer the first one first, or the yeah. second one first. Oh, no, that's boring. The Dolphins game was Stafford's best game, probably in a couple of years. That was a ph- phenomenal game from him. This one was, I'd say, maybe like second or third. I feel like there was one more really good game in this season that I've forgotten about that i feel like we've all forgotten about because the last the two first months packers game was pretty good first packers game was pretty good yeah maybe that's the one i was thinking of look at his game log really quick uh but in terms of i've already forgotten what the other question was what was the other question <laughs> uh do you think that the packers through this game so they could get a better draft pick <sighs> no i don't i don't think so i think, I think it's just the result of aaron Rodgers getting a concussion that's really yeah. what it is <laughs> Just that, and you know, I, I think I think both teams played it very cautious with their injuries, right? Like, I feel like if this was a, a really important game, Devontae Adams would have played, and Kenny Galladay would have played, and maybe Nevin Lawson and Jamal Agnew, and and all that sort of stuff. But I think both teams were just like, yeah, this game isn't that important. Let's just keep our long term health in, in mind, and and I think that's really the only way that a team can quote unquote tank is just resting guys that are somewhat injured. And so, if you want to say that was tanking, then both teams tanked in a way. So I think this Packers team was just really bad this year. And I, I owe a mea culpa because I thought this team was going to turn it around eventually once, once Aaron Rodgers was fully healthy from that week one injury, but they didn't, they're, they're just not that good. And, and yes, they did go through an exorbitant amount of injuries, but that's, and we know that's not an excuse. And a head coaching change. <laughs> and <a> head coaching <laughs> change. When Joe Philbin's your head coach at the end of the year, you know, something's, something's drastically wrong. Something's gone horrible. 
Uh, Paul Harm said, why are you all such twats? <laughs> because you oh. made us this way. Don't don't call Levi that. This is his first time. Yeah, geez, what I do. Hey, <laughs> Levi, would you Levi, would you rather be called a twat or a levy? Uh, that's a good question. I, don't know. <laughs> I just want to say Paul's Paul's sending this in all fun. So he have been getting a lot of hate mail, but yeah. Um, um. Yeah. Go on. We're we're Lions fans. They did this to us. <laughs> Not us. Yeah. All right. Next question here from USA goalie. Which players have we seen the last of? So, I mean, once again, pulling back a curtain, podcasts are not recorded live. You know that you could be listening to this at any point in the future, but we're recording it on a Sunday night, uh, December the 30th, and it's coming out on the 31st. Can you guys put the, put the envelope to your head and predict who will not be back right now? Just one player with the Detroit Lions. LeGarrette Blunt? Yeah, Blunt's gone. Levi says LeGarrette Blunt. Anyone else? I mean, there's there's so many. But uh, I guess if we're just going to go like big name guys. Um, God, I hit, well, Glover Quinn. I mean, we already talked about Glover Quinn. I don't think he's coming mm-hmm. back. About, I'll go the opposite direction. I'll give you one name that everybody thinks is gone, but it's actually going to be back. And I think TJ Lang's going to be back. You know what? Let's talk about this because I I was starting to think about this a little bit too, and I I'm kind of with you. I do you, do you think he'll be back on the same contract? Um, it potentially could be restructured. I think that maybe, I think that might be in both parties' best interest. Right. Um, but I just had this inkling that he's going to be your starting right guard next year. Well, yeah, I I think I agree because. Or at least that he's going to be in the mix because I didn't get a sense at any point this season that he wants to retire, and I still don't. He was really active on Twitter today. He seems very excited about the team, excited about the win today, and you know he's at the point of his career where he doesn't want to play anywhere else, right? He doesn't. He lives. He's from Michigan. He doesn't want to go back to the Packers. Doesn't want to go anywhere else. He he loves the Lions. He's always loved the Lions. So I think he's he still wants to play. I think he still wants to play for the Lions. The question then is just what do the Lions do? And I don't think you can necessarily pay the guy what he's due um, given his current unavailability. But mm-hmm. if, you can, if you can restructure him and like push some of that salary into you know bonuses that, that are earned with playing time and he's into it, which, like I said, I think he wants to play for this team next year, I think that could work. For both I think sides. If too. he did that, I think that would be mutually beneficial. That'd be that'd be great. I would love that contract if he could put something together like that. Yeah, I, I think the proof was in the pudding, right? When like TJ Lang, when he left the Lions running game, admittedly, obviously, because, you know, Carryon Johnson just compounded the problem w- with his injury. But like when TJ Lang went down, it was tough for the Lions to run the football. So I think he's a valuable piece. And I think that he's one of the, He's one of the guys that I think a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, with the concussions and the high cap number, um, he just seems like a cap casualty. The Lions can go a different direction getting in, you know, another interior offensive lineman. It's like we saw Kenny Wiggins play, right? Like it's not going to be easy to just jump out in free agency and and grab up a guy without having to spend money. Or, I mean, how many people are going to be 
and this is this is like a valid thing that like I think a lot of GMs have to have to deal with, but it's like it's a little Hollywood, but it's like do you think that the Lions could like you know draft another like interior offensive lineman on like day one or day two and have people be excited about this franchise? It's like I don't know, that's like another thing that I think you just have to take into consideration. So I think that keeping Lang around for another season could be much more palatable than people assume. All right, let's go on to another question here. Um, Samson two asking us, uh, why doesn't Alex Reno get any love from you guys? Are you guys going to have him on ever again? Alex got to want to come back on this podcast. This door's open for him. He's too busy being a big time streamer. Alex has an open invite. And we've literally sent him invites before because we all know how unreliable Ryan is now. Oh, okay. All right. Can we, can we, no, no, no. I, I, I'm sorry. Now that you've opened the beef, I want to get in here because, like, and I, I'm going to kind of backhanded. I don't know if I'm complimenting or insulting Ryan here, but probably I, insulting just, hold, me if you have on, to ask the question. Hold on, hold on. Let me just get this through because Ryan is notorious for us sitting around here, and he's saying he needs ten minutes, and it will be like forty minutes. Like this, and and this like, sounds I like don't, a compliment. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, the, the, the sting comes to the end. Just let me finish. That wasn't the sting yet? No, that wasn't the sting yet. <laughs> I Ryan Ryan also, just this is an example. Ryan tells us, tells us at like 7.04 that he's just pooping. He had gotten back from, <laughs> from doing hockey. He had to do natural things that every human has to do. He just that got back from to, doing hockey. <laughs> that turns into a 20-minute escapade. I'm just saying. But, but, but in spite of all this, and this is not, again, to trash Ryan, he, that is still much more reliable than trying to get Alex Reno on this podcast. <laughs> Love you, Ryan. I poop. Everybody poops. <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to be shamed for that. I will admit that my minutes, there's a conversion rate for how long I think things take and how things actually, how long things actually take. So I think that you guys should have learned this conversion chart by now. It's been like over three years. So I'm really thinking that this is kind of a, your guys's problem. I'm again, only framing this. The only reason I'm bringing it up and I swear to God, that's why I'm doing it is because I'm still saying whatever the conversion rate is to you, it's harsher when we go to Alex time. Okay. Fair enough. Alex sucks. That's, that's all I'm saying. And I'm not saying this also out of hate right now because he is playing Smash with a bunch of other people on the Pride of Detroit Discord. Check my Twitter bio for a link to join it. They're all playing Smash right now. I don't want to be in there, but we're doing this instead. Okay. Alex, by the way, gives the, gives the answer of they don't love me, which is absolutely not true. That's not true at all whatsoever, even though I just said that he sucks. <laughs> it's called tough right. love. Tough love. Dylan Roscoe asking us, do the Lions have a shot at Lincoln Riley or is he more suited for college? You don't know who Lincoln Riley is? <laughs> nope. Really? Uh, I'm with you. I'm looking it up right now. No, he's the Oklahoma coach, guys. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think. I don't think so. I, I mean, for a first-year guy at Oklahoma, I don't know. What do you think? Levi, I mean, he had a really good year there. As I, it is, like I don't, yeah, I have no idea. I I don't know anything about this guy. <laughs> there, okay, I don't even know what his. Okay, 
while, while we're t- while we're talking about college coaches, I, I am starting to do a little bit of research on some some potential guys that are jumping from college to the professional level. And Iowa State's Matt Campbell is a guy that's really started to pick up heat. Toledo guy, yeah, originally from the University of Toledo, head coach. Yep, yep, and he's 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 done everything you could expect from a program called Iowa State, and it looks like he might be getting interviews for the for the Jets job and. I, I hate to say this considering what I said for my uh, my New Year's resolution, but the article I read said the Patriots even tried to hire him one time. So I have a feeling Matt Patricia might know this guy. And whether he'd be willing to make a jump to the pros for an offensive coordinator job, I kind of doubt. Um, Chris talks about it all the time. Just because you're moving to the NFL doesn't mean it's a promotion, especially if you're taking a step back as a head coach. And I think a lot of people think Campbell's um, in terms of his personality or, or more fit to be uh, a head coach than a coordinator, but he does come from an offensive background and, and he has seen success everywhere he goes and he's considered a very smart guy. So um, that's, I think that's my long shot pick for, for Jim Bob Cooter replacement. But uh, yeah, in terms of the Oklahoma guy, I don't know anything about him. Screw him. Well, I will say this Lincoln Riley. I mean, he was basically Bob Stoops, big offensive genius. And now he kind of took over for, for the head coach when Stoops was gone, but I mean, here's my thing with Stoops. I mean, with Riley, I'm sorry. Why, again, would he take the, and again, this is kind of learning a bit of your place here for Lions fans. Why would he take the job to become the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions over being the head coach at Oklahoma, one of the most storied powerhouse college programs in the country for a very long time? Like, I don't know if you're if you don't follow any college college football, look up like the history of the University of Oklahoma. Like you, you'll understand that's a really good, a really good college play, college to be a head coach at. And you're absolutely taking a downgrade for like, I don't know, would Lincoln Riley like I, I think that's a downgrade if Lincoln Riley even gets a head coach at someplace like the Jets. That's a downgrade. Certainly doesn't have the kind of job security he's got at the University of Oklahoma either. Or to be honest, the money. Yep. Yep. That's all. I'm sorry. Kind of went into the rant there. Um, but I, I think it's just, it's it's just it's so common. And we're going to hear it a lot over the off season. People are going to talk about, you know, Jim Harbaugh as well. And I don't think some NFL people get their heads around the idea that Harbaugh wants to be at a college job. He doesn't want to be in the pros. It's, it's all like that. Yeah, it's all silly ass conjecture to be honest, right? Because I mean, we don't know what motivates any of these people. Yeah. Like I mean, yeah. like 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 you just said, like is Lincoln Riley ever going to have the kind of like job security and um stability at another job rather than Oklahoma? Absolutely Where he not. He just made the college football playoffs all my I'll tell y'all. Right. And I'm I mean, is that valuable to him? Is making a lot of money valuable to him because I guarantee the Jets would throw a ton of money at him? But, I mean, we, we don't know what motivates any of these people in their career decisions. Like, I mean, it's all conjecture, like I said. All right. Next question here from Megan Nisbet. This one's actually about the, uh, the Lions-Packers game. Back in November, we didn't think Pat McAfee could hold back the language and pull off a broadcast. Are we pleasantly surprised, and would we like to hear him call more games? All right, we're stepping I didn't into some dangerous today. I was about to say we're stepping in some dangerous territory, so I'll I'll see the floor to anyone else. 
I'm not sure really what the issues were or why people didn't like him or why there's, I guess not controversy is the wrong word, but uh, um, a difference of opinion on on what he did. I, I, he seemed fine to me. I wouldn't mind seeing him again, I guess. I think week 17 in a meaningless game is a perfect environment. <laughs> because he's, he's wild, he's wacky, he... <laughs> He's very self-deprecating too. Like at points he's like, yeah, I probably should have done more research. Like he knows he's not bringing in a lot of additional information. He's, he's trying to bring the entertainment and for a five, eight and one team against a a five and 10 team. Like, yeah, go ahead and do that. Go ahead and bring that guy in. Have him get like super, super, super excited about punts and fake field goals. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent for that. I, I think he absolutely was... lost it on the Prater touchdown. <laughs> he did. And and it was fun. Like I'd rather have that than some guy who's calling it a flea flicker. Cause he thinks he knows football terms, but he doesn't. Um, so yeah, I, I was totally fine with having him in this game. I don't think I would enjoy him in week one. I don't think I would enjoy him in the playoffs just because he's a little bit too silly. And like, I'm really into these games and I know Chris, you're all about football should be fun. And so there definitely is some of that, but like when you're in a game that is so barren of fun and so, you know, potentially boring as hell, luckily we got a good Lions performance, but had we not, I think he would have been the the one shining thing. And I think, I think it was a good performance from him. So for kind of a follow-up question then, would you want him on the podcast? Yeah. Oh dude. Okay. He's, I mean, okay. he has his own podcast and he knows Pat. how to do it and he's, he's entertaining. Oh. We're calling out right now, Pat. Come on the POD cast. You just did a Lions game. Now t- tell us how it was to call your Lions game. Any other opinions, Ryan? Yeah, I didn't hear any Pat McAfee because I was at the bar. Uh, so I do know that some people had a problem with him, though, just based on like prior work experience. And I think people had beef with him because of stuff that he did when he was with Barstool. But, or I think it's more just people having beef with Barstool, period, and everyone associated with that. Yeah. So. Yeah. But he's distanced I, himself from them, I think. A little I'd bit. hope. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So a lot of the other questions here in the mailbag are about things like, uh, you know what, I'll take this one. Patrick Brown, what is one sleeper pick that could be a great fit for the Lions? In the draft? Yeah. I think it's too early to even tell, really. I mean, <laughs> we haven't even had the, the season just ended a few hours ago for us. We haven't even looked at any tape or stats. I mean, by the way, can I add to that? No one has. Like, if someone tells you they've been watching like this one guy's like full career so far for their 2018 college season, they're lying. I'm sorry. You, you yeah. are. I mean, like, unless it, you're working it, for ESPN or something like that's the thing. If, if you're I, like a Twitter guy, I don't want to hear that you've watched all that stuff. Whatever. I don't want, I don't want to take pot shots at people. Just, I don't think people realize how much we're in the weeds during the season. Just, I mean, I just have so much going on that I'm, I, I watch college football games, but I don't like, I don't pay attention to them. If that makes sense. Like I'm just watching them because I want to watch football without thinking about things. And, and so if I'm going to give you a sleeper pick, it's going to be a hundred percent based on someone else's opinion. And that's weird. And that's not my opinion. I'm just saying, Oh, I, you know, I read, you know, I don't Whatever. know. 
some draft expert and he said this guy. And I, I mean, I don't know. Let's, let's I, get a better I, question done. Okay. Magic Mer 20, uh, rank the postseason rooting interests. There we go. There we go. All right, so oh, everyone's we Chiefs. Want... Chiefs is number one, right? Yeah, Ryan, are you in on the Chiefs? On the Chiefs? Yeah, are you in on the Chiefs? Still on I'm, in on, I'm, I'm in on this bowl of cereal right now, but... <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> yeah. No, I am... Um, I'm all the way in on the Chiefs. I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous about them, though, because their defense is so bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, my, my favorite team is actually the New Orleans Saints. I'm I'm hesitant right now. Like I want to embrace the Rams, but they're kind of showing some of that shakiness near the end where it's like, oh, okay. So Jared Goff is just a more I- impressive Blake Bortles, and this is totally going to fall apart at his feet here. Like Ouch. I think, like no, but like, and I mean not to overreact because I I've seen a lot of LA people, but it's it's really hard given what happened in 2017 for Rams fan where it's like they were a good hyped team and did really well, but they started to fall off near the end. Right. And I think some, some are terrified just, and again, it's, it's silly, right? You lost to Chicago and you lost to Philadelphia. I think it's important on like just how bad those kind of losses were for the psyche. So I don't know. I think the Rams, I, I, I'm I'm all, I'm all in and for the Rams They're They wear blue. There's a blue connection, I guess. Hmm. Okay. You're in LA. So that helps. Yeah, I'm in LA too. And like, let me, let me root for some, like, I, I'm not, I'm going to be honest. Like when my teams are out of it, I do start to slowly adopt the local pictures. Like, again, as I've said many times before, Cleveland Cavaliers, when they won that NBA title, I went to that parade. I didn't care. I didn't care that I was a Pistons fan. I was going there. I was going to celebrate with the Ohio people. I don't care. I'm not going to be a snob. Root for the Chargers. I would, if I was in LA, I'd rather yeah. root for the Chargers. No, the they belong in yeah. they belong in San Diego. I don't want to. They, they, they don't. They do belong in. San Diego, the Rams belong but... in St. Louis. Get out of no, here! Don't the Rams were the original LA team from like the forties? Oh my God! Who cares? Are you a really fan of the nineteen forties Rams? Eric Dickerson. We just naming Who off players like Antonio Gates. Everybody likes Antonio Gates, and he's a Detroit native. That guy deserves a ring. He's a you know what? Hall I, of Famer, undrafted guy. I want to see him win. I, I don't know about Gates, but I will say I would like to see a good send off for Philip Rivers. It seems like his career is about to ride into the sunset. And if he could get like I, I think Ryan, you and I talk about this a lot. He is so disrespected as like a really good quarterback, and I am totally convinced that if he had played his career in New York instead. Like, people will be lauding this guy up and down. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, he has the numbers of, like, a modern-era NFL quarterback to, like, be a Hall of Famer, but, like, he just doesn't have the postseason resume that I think people would want out of their Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Like, Eli Manning will make the Hall of Fame, and it'll be insane. But Yeah, but that's Phillip what I'm Rivers, saying. If, yeah, Philip Rivers, Rivers, Rivers will be poo-pooed on. Yeah, but I'm just saying, Phil. They they would have won more, so much more with Eli than with with Rivers than Eli. But I mean, that's a given. Yeah. Well, but anyways, the, the, I was gonna. The I, one other thing too is I think that I thought Chris, you were gonna say that you really wanted to see the Chargers uh, give Hunter Henry a nice send off. Knew you were gonna say Thunder, you son of a bitch. It was He's my back, joke. baby. <laughs> He's back. We're saved. He's back. He's gonna be a top I, ten tight end by the I'm, end of the year. 
I think I'm in on the Chargers for my my AFC team. No, no one's mentioned Houston, mm-hmm. but I know you guys like Deshaun Watson a lot. I'm I'm kind of lukewarm on Deshaun Watson. I, I will say this: AFC is hard for me to pick because the Ravens just got in, and Lamar Jackson is unbelievably exciting, and I want to see the, more of him. What about the Colts? You in on that Eric Ebron? That's what I was about to say, man. I was about to play the heel. You had to steal my thunder there. <laughs> We're all just stealing each other's thunder. Well, okay, yep. let let's shift to the. Okay, we've talked, I guess, a little about the, the NFC, but I don't see a team in there that I like. I guess the Saints? It's Rams I, I for me, man. That something that, um, if I'm not mistaken, the Saints actually traded their first-round draft pick for next year to the Packers. So I'm rooting for them to win, because otherwise the Packers are going to have two early first-round draft picks. There you go. Draft pick. hmm. So I want, I want them to win it all, because I want the Packers to be the last pick in the draft. Levi with some like actual good football content. <laughs> um, yeah, this I'm, is I'm a problem. Sure Galaxy Brandon over there. I'm I'm rooting for the Saints because Alvin Kamara is my second favorite player in the NFL. Who's your first? Patrick Mahomes. Forever and always. <laughs> Fifty touchdowns. Fifty touchdowns, would, boys. Five thousand yards. It's crazy. It's insane. I would love talking. to see a, a Chargers Saints. Super Bowl and then the Chargers win it all because I'm okay with the with the Saints getting second place, which means I need, I need to move way back. But I really want to see Antonio Gates get one. I don't know. I want I want Chiefs. I want Chiefs Rams again. Although I think it would be funny if we had an all LA Super Bowl. In fact, I'm going to root for that now. Nope. No. 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 Dude, all, <laughs> I, all I want to say is that the football gods are cruel that they they made a Bears Eagles first round matchup. And the Lions. Can we if talk about if that. You're rooting for draft. If you're rooting for draft order, you want the Eagles out as soon as possible because the Lions have the Eagles' third round pick, and that means you have to root for the Bears in round one. Which is why? Uh, why are you even bringing this up? I don't care. I just want to see teams lose. Thank you for listening to the Pride Detroit POD cast. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. Our main theme was produced by Ryan Shepard. You can find him on Twitter and on SoundCloud at. I am Brian Shepard. I A M B R I A N S H E P A R D. Thanks a lot to him. Check out his stuff. He's been great. He gave us Victory Monday. So go check him out. That's I am Brian Shepard. And thank you for everyone who keeps listening and makes us one of the greatest Lions podcasts possible. Y'all are awesome. See you, Star Side. Hi, I'm Karis Fisher. I want to tell you about another podcast you should check out. It's called Recode Decode. Every week I talk to tech and media's key players about how they're changing our world. I interview tech executives like Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, political figures like Hillary Clinton, and media personalities like John Kerryu, who literally wrote the book on Theranos. Once again, the name of the show is Recode Decode, hosted by me, Karis Fisher. You can find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. See you there. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking. From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 